Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Aaron Summers. Today, John DeShazer and myself get to sit down with Features producer, India Wright, who put together NFL 360's feature on Pelicans and Saints owner, Gail Benson. In the special feature, Benson shared her story and discussed her impact on the city of New Orleans. You can find the piece on NewOrleansSaints.com. Here's an inside look of how the feature came to be and some stories that you won't find in the final cut. India, welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. John and I are excited to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me on. You work with the NFL Network and work to produce a feature on Gail Benson, our owner here for the Saints and the Pelicans. What went into that project and kind of why did you guys want to highlight her? Yeah, so the correspondent on the piece, James Slater, had kind of a relationship already, and she's been fascinated with Mrs. Benson and all the years covering the Saints. And so finally, the timing was right, you know, a couple years in with, you know, Mrs. Benson leading this team, these both these franchises on her own, it seemed like a good fit. And then at NFL Network, we have a woman in football episode every March for Women's Month. And so we figured this would be a great place and time and place to tell Mrs. Benson's story. And I feel like a lot of people don't know Mrs. Benson in an in-depth sense. You know, she's kind of mysterious. So it was kind of cool. And she gave us amazing access. And I think that's what's so cool about the piece is that you kind of get a really good glimpse into who she is as a woman and, um, and not so much even as an owner. It aired on Tuesday night. And where else can people find it if they missed the episode? Yeah, so we will be rolling out the full feature on all of our social platforms tomorrow. And then we're planning to do some co-posting with the Saints. So it should be on all the Saints platforms as well, digitally and socially, hopefully as soon as tomorrow. What stood out to you most about putting together this piece that you learned about Miss Benson? Her warmth. I think, you know, when you think of an owner and an owner in both, you know, the NFL and the NBA, a lot of them are male owners. And, you know, there's a strength there. And what I love about getting to know Mrs. Benson and spending time with her, I spent a couple of days with her and both at the facility and in the community. And she is so warm. And I think that's what struck me the most is the warmth. And you can feel it. It's palpable. And, you know, it resonates with everyone she interacts with, whether it was the Saint staff or when we were in the community. And I think for a woman to be in a position that she is in with so much power and so much responsibility to then come across with so much warmth and treat everybody as such, I think is just an amazing example um, when it comes to leadership. Uh, India, when you're dealing with a, a topic like women in sports uh, and you're doing it each, each March, how do you guys kind of determine which subjects you want to pursue and how many subjects did you pursue in, in this one? Yeah, so this is only our third year doing this Women in Sports uh, special. And to be honest, we don't want to have to do this special in 10 years because we're hoping it's not a special, of course. Um, and it's obviously very you know, important to me as a woman in football as well. And, you know, in years past, we highlight different women in different spaces in this game. I mean, we've highlighted the Bucks coaches, Lowe and MJ. We've highlighted Kathy Lanier, who's head of NFL security. Uh, we highlighted a young woman who plays football in college and earned the first ever college scholarship, Antoinette Harris. And so, and, you know, in this actual episode, 
Mrs. Benson's feature is also with another feature of a young woman who's from Morocco. I'm um, doing a lot of amazing work with football for young women in Morocco. So we've gone international. So when we're choosing stories, it's really highlighting all the different spaces that women are impacting this game, whether it's um, on the field, off the field, in all aspects. And so with this one, we went with two features. One is Mrs. Benson's, obviously, and the other one is a young woman from Morocco, which is so cool um, to have those two to show that you know women are impacting the game in all areas and all spaces. Yeah, you mentioned Mrs. Benson's, um, you know, her, her warmth and, and and personality with the uh, workers in the facility and that kind of thing. But you know, what about her business acumen? Because obviously, she's running two, you know major sports franchises as the owner well that was one of the things i asked her i was like what's the best advice you know she learned from mr benson she was you know by his side the whole time and you know he told her when i you know i pass on handing these two teams to you and he never asked her she said but he said that <laughs> he knew she could handle it and a lot of that has to do with if you get to know where mrs benson came from well before she met Mr. Benson. I mean, she was 57 when she met him. She had a whole life and she was an entrepreneur. She was a young woman flipping houses in the early 60s. Like to think of a young woman buying and flipping homes in the early 60s is unheard of, but you'll see that she has an entrepreneurial spirit. She's always been a businesswoman. And so, yeah, when you know he, Mr. Benson patched, passed the torch to her, she had so much experience already as a businesswoman. And I think that's what comes through even in the piece. You see that she has always been a businesswoman. And I think that's what's so cool. And I asked her, what's the best advice Mr. Benson gave her, you know, in terms of leading? And he said, let people do their jobs. And I think that was really telling in all of the people that I've met that work for the Saints and even the Pelicans is while she's very present, she's there, you know, at every game, whether it's, you know, basketball or football, but I get a great sense that she really does let people do their jobs. And I think that's important in terms of leadership. And then she's just so personable, as you know, she finds articles on all of her players and writes personal notes and, you know, make sure they get it in their lockers and stuff. So she's also adding a personal touch to her leadership um, that's very genuine. You know, you mentioned the interaction, I guess, from her to to the players and such. But what did you gain from their relationship toward her? Because, you know, as you mentioned, they're they're in the time that she passes you in the building that she doesn't speak. <laughs> you know, what, what do you see from the interactions the other way from the employees toward her? Yeah, I mean, we even had Demario Davis in the piece. And, you know, what's crazy is like this all came together, kind of it came together last minute. And Doug Miller, who I'm sure you guys know very well, was like, you know, Demario is willing to come in tomorrow. Mind you, the season has ended when we filmed this. Um, and we all know when the season ends, people get out, they go on vacation, they want to step away from the facility. And here we have, you know, Demario Davis being like, that's my girl, you know, Queen Bee is my girl, I'm coming in. And he came in to do this interview and he comes in, he's like, oh, I got to go change into my suit. I'm like, oh, no, 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 we don't need, it's, you know, casual. You don't need to change into your suit, you know? He's like, oh no, for, you know, Mrs. B, I'm putting a suit on. And it's like to see the, and then you see their interaction in the feature, uh, Demario Davis and Mrs. Benson. And it is, once again, it all just seems so genuine and authentic, but to have a player, who it's the off season come in on a moment's notice and the way he in which he cares to present himself to her uh, obviously speaks a lot to how much respect to these players and like I said the staff have for Mrs. Benson. Now, I know you, you mentioned you don't want this to have to be a, a 
a feature, so to speak. You know, you want this to be become commonplace. However, uh, if there is a future subject that you would like to to you know produce and and feature, who would that be? Oh gosh, that's a hard question. I think, <laughs> for, yeah, for me, storytelling is all about you know making sure it's authentic and raw. And in with NFL 360, you'll see our style is very in-depth, documentary-style storytelling um, because it's meant to be raw and very personable um, when we're telling these stories. And so for me, you know, we get pitched so many stories. I find you know stories that come to me, but it's that moment before you green light a story where you hopefully get to talk or meet the subject and you really get a sense, is this story authentic? Um, does it have, and it needs to have certain layers, you know, it can't be one dimensional. Um, and usually there's a, a past, present and future element to all the stories I like to tell, you know, it's like everyone has a past, they're doing something usually in your current time. And the big thing that we always look for in all the stories and all the stories I do is that third and final act. And it's usually about the next generation. And it's always about like, what is, what is this person doing for the next generation of young women? Um, and so that's kind of what I look for. So to get, obviously that's not a direct specific answer, but that's kind of what I'm looking for um, as we continue to tell stories on these amazing women. And what's exciting is there's just so many more women um, that are obviously in this game now. And so there's, everyone has a story. So it's exciting. You know, in the editing and production process, how much footage goes unused? I mean, because obviously you have to have enough for the piece, but how much goes unused? Yeah, that's always the hard part. And I think something when you're working, especially with an owner, we spent, I mean, I shot with Mrs. Benson for three full days. That's a lot of time to ask an owner to let us, and we followed her around. You'll see we're on a plane with her, we're in her office. We're doing portraits of her, you know, very stylized. Obviously we have a very long interview. I mean, Jane and Mrs. Benson's interview was an hour and 20 minutes, I mean, we, this piece turned into a little over 11 minutes in totals, you know? So it's like, just even their interview, there's so much good content, you know, left on in the interview, let alone all the beautiful shots. But I mean, really, I would say almost one third of it actually gets used of what you shoot, which is, you know, and that's the hard thing, especially with some of these subjects that you spend all this time with. They're like, wait, that's all. I mean, not that they're like, oh, that's all it is. But they're like, oh, wow, we shot all of that. And it's, yeah, for an 11 minute piece. And so, so much of it goes unused. And yeah, some of your favorite shots that when you're in the field, you're like, oh, that's gorgeous. Don't even make the cut because they just don't work. And I think that's the part between your DP, your director of photography, who also is like, oh my God, I shot all these beautiful things. And it's like, yeah, only one third of his amazing, his or her amazing shots get in the piece. But that's just the way it goes because you can't get it all in there. Is there anything this go around that was really tough to part with? Because I know sometimes you get to a point with a story and you're like, I, I got to make it this long and you have to part with something. But is there something that you wish you could have included? We did shoot a scene with Mrs. Benson at the hospital and that did not make this cut. And I would have liked to make the cut. It was in one of our original cuts, you know, and we were trying to make it work and maybe like we do less, we place it somewhere else and it was just slowing us down and it wasn't having the impact that it needed to have to keep in the piece. But I, I love that scene so much because in that scene, when she's at the hospital, she stops by a couple patients 
Um, and after they leave, I had to do some follow-up work, get some, you know, releases signed. Mm -hmm. And each one of them stopped me and told me, you do not know what this woman has done for this community. And that was really cool for me to see if these people, she wasn't even in the room when they said it to me, they didn't need to, there's no reason they needed to say that to me. And it was really cool. Each one of them had something so kind to say about her after she left. So that was a part, that's a scene that will, did not make the cut and is now gonna live forever on the cutting room floor. And right here on this podcast. I mean. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes, now, yes, now bring this out. Yes, that was a scene that didn't make it, but yes. <laughs> How much time goes into putting it all together after you had all of the content? Yeah, I mean, on our NFL 360 pieces, we definitely have a little bit longer runways. You know, when I'm doing quick sit down, sometimes I have 48 hours to turn a feature around for the network. Um, in this case, we had about a month to put it all together. So from start to finish, we wrapped, um, what, what month are we even in? Uh, middle of January. And then we kind of got started end of January mm -hmm. on the feature. And so it was about a four week edit and uh, what I'm really proud of is that a female edited as well she Jamie Elias she's the editor and I've worked with her for a long time and so she actually work, lives in Raleigh so there was a lot of back and forth and kind of the first week of the edit is just here's all the goods Jamie and like we talk about we I actually bring my editor when I can early on in the process before we even get out to shoot you know because I want them to be invested in this story I don't want it to feel like hey you're a button pusher and like just put this idea together it's so much more enjoyable when the editor is part of the process from start to finish you know and also it helps that they understand who this subject is before they get all the footage and stuff so when they're looking at it they're looking at it through the eyes of understanding who this subject is and kind of what our hope is and vision is for this piece so the first week and a half Jamie just kind of went through all the footage and knew what we were trying to accomplish and she put something together and then you know it's obviously 13 14 minutes and from there we just kind of work back and forth getting it not only down to time but just experimenting going down we go down so many rabbit holes of like well maybe we should go this angle or you know add this or, and then mm -hmm. you come back and it's so it's a fun process of you know trying things experimenting and that's why the end piece usually we're always very happy with because we've gone down all these roads and we know this is our strongest piece um, for what for the story we're trying to tell and in the time we're trying to tell it. As you can imagine, Mrs. Benson could be an hour long feature in herself. So to mm -hmm. tell it in 11 minutes, there's so much about her story, of course, that it's not in this feature. What was your favorite part throughout the whole process? It's always the relationship part of it actually. Um, that's why I love, and that's why I chose storytelling. And I went down this path is because my job is to humanize um, players, coaches, owners, in this case, people, you know, humanize them through telling their story. And it's a lot of trust to give someone, to tell someone mm -hmm. your story. And so in this process, what I always enjoy is that relationship that we build between the subject and myself. And in this case, I mean, as you can see, I actually have a signed Saints ball behind me because of course, Mrs. Benson sent the whole crew <laughs> signed Saints balls after you know, we shot. 
And she even sent me a Valentine's gift and it's literally a, a serenity mug and a, a note. It's not anything fancy, but to me, that's what I enjoy always. And that's what I enjoyed so much about this process is the relationship that was built. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate the time. It was interesting hearing about the feature and what went into it. And we obviously love Gail Benson for what she's done for our organizations and for us. So it's great that you guys were able to feature her in this way. Yes, no, we're excited. And yes, hopefully everyone can check it out on all the digital and social platforms when it rolls out. Thanks so much to India for joining John and I on the podcast today. Make sure you check it out on the NFL platforms or neworleansaints.com. For the Saints podcast, I'm Erin Summers. Thanks for listening. 